I've been thinking about lockdown stories in the Bible this week. Might surprise you to know there are quite a few actually, not coronavirus related ones obviously, unfortunately no Zoom anywhere to be had, but lots of lockdowns of varying different kinds. I mean, I suppose the most liturgically appropriate at the moment would be the story of the disciples from resurrection to Pentecost. Good Friday, Jesus has died, and this is, there is a, an indication that many of the disciples went back to their old lives, back to the fishing, back to whatever they were doing before Jesus, because what else was there? But the day resurrection happened, they couldn't do that anymore. They couldn't go back. They knew there was no going back. They were now in fear for their lives, and the only options were to stay together and to stay in. And so they went into, spent weeks in locked rooms, in hidden places, wondering, not knowing, praying, hoping, and probably feeling deeply uncertain about what on earth the future would look like. Even though Jesus had spoken promising words, what would that mean? What would that be like? And so there are New Testament lockdown stories, but there are lots of lockdown stories in the Old Testament. And if you've heard me speak at all over the last sort of nine months or so uh, in your Deanery Synod or anywhere else that I've been, you're likely to have heard me at least reference the story of the widow's oil because it's one of my favourites. And it's a story which for me has had, even before all of the stuff we're living through now, has had a real relevance and pertinence to us in the diocese. And I I have yet fully to understand why, but it's been a story that's been much on my mind. And others of you have shared with me that God has spoken to you through that story too. So uh, in case you don't know the, the details, very briefly, um, a widow is in fear for her livelihood, for her life even, and certainly for her sons because she has debts that she can't pay and uh, the slave traders are threatening to come and take her sons in payment. And so... She goes to Elisha the prophet and she says, what am I going to do? And he says, what have you got in your house? And she says, I have a, a little bit of oil in a pot. And he says, gather pots from your neighbours, go into your house, shut the door and start pouring. And so we move from one theme of lockdown to an associated theme of multiplication. And again, all over the Bible, there are stories of multiplication of food being provided in miraculous ways, of resources coming uh, when they are technically impossible, whether that's manna in the desert, whether it's uh, food brought by ravens. Uh, in the New Testament, Jesus turning water into wine, feeding 5,000 people. And, and one of the commonalities of those stories is that they happen in situations of confinement, not not always exactly lockdown, but situations when, if you like, you've got a captive audience. Jesus turns water into wine at a wedding. That, that by the way, is not a multiplication of quantity so much as quality. Uh, Jesus feeds 5,000 people and before he does so, before the food is multiplied, he invites them to sit on the ground. So there is a there is a holding and a staying in place as the multiplication occurs. And so the widow, behind her closed door, poured her oil and it multiplied. Going back to the story of the disciples, we tend to assume that the 
the, oh, what you could only really call the outburst that happens on the day of Pentecost, the pouring out into the streets with the good news of the gospel. We assume that happened because of the flames of fire. We assume that all of the, the courage and the life and the vibrancy that poured out of that room was imparted by those flames of fire that landed on the disciples' heads. And that day was certainly the fulfilment of something. Of course it was. But what if it was the completion of a multiplication that had been going on in lockdown? We hear of Jesus coming to the disciples through seemingly through the wall because he doesn't appear to walk in through the door, appearing in their midst, breathing on them, speaking words of hope and encouragement. We read of them watching his ascension into heaven on the Mount of Olives. What if throughout those weeks there was a multiplication going on within them, even in the fear and the unknowing and the uncertainty? And what if that exploded to life as the flames of fire came down on Pentecost? What if for us this time of lockdown might be a time of multiplication of being filled, not waiting for it all to happen in one moment, but being filled, being renewed from the inside out, being multiplied unto. And if that's the case, there are a couple of spiritual practices which you might like to consider. Um, One of them, of course, is emptying, because we can't be filled unless we are prepared to empty. Uh, I often imagine the widow with her oil pouring. There must have been a moment when they knew there was more oil to come, but they'd filled all the jars and all the jars from that. We know that they'd got lots of jars from other people, but they must have looked in their own home for containers. I can almost imagine her uh, saying to one of her boys, get get your trainer out of that pot, bring it over here. We need more room for this oil or whatever the 7th century BC equivalent of that parental cry might be. Uh, There are things that need emptying. We need emptying. There are things that need putting aside temporarily or even leaving behind us forever in order that we might be multiplied unto by the grace of God. And that we talked last week about noticing. And that's one of the things to be noticing in ourselves, I think, at the moment, to be noticing what is it that God is asking me to push aside or leave behind in order to make space for what God wants to give me. And then the other noticing, of course, is precisely that. It's noticing what God wants to give me. We spend a lot of time asking for all sorts of things and it is entirely possible to ask for 20 things all at once and entirely miss the one thing that God is holding out towards us in these days. I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and he was saying to me, the thing is that uh, I realise that I'm so busy most of the time in my life. My days are very busy. And now that I don't have to be busy, I realise I'm choosing to be busy because so much of my busyness is self-generated. It it keeps me occupied. It keeps me from being alone, all those sorts of things. What do we need to let go of, to empty ourselves of? But also, what is God giving to us? What is God extending towards us if only we would receive it? What is it that God wants to multiply in you and in me and in us as church? Those are 
important questions, even in this time of unknowing and uncertainty. And if you want a practical way to reflect on this, um, one of the best ways to do that is simply to take a cup, an empty cup, and first of all, to hold it upside down and to imagine that you are pouring out and laying down those things that you know God's spirit is urging you to put aside or leave behind in order to make space. And then when you've done that, turn it right side up. Look into it, that empty cup ready to be filled and spend just a few moments or as many minutes as you can listening to God and asking, what is it that you want to multiply to me and to us in these days? By your spirit, in your goodness, multiply unto us all that you would have us receive, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen.